It's March 18th, 2020. And we're almost a full 48 hours in to the mandatory closure of all gyms in New York City. Now, if this is the biggest problem you have right now during this coronavirus pandemic, I want you to take a deep breath through your nose, not through your mouth. Look up at the sky and say thank you. There's a lot worse things that could be happening right now to you or to your family member other than your precious gym closing. Now, having said that, the intent of this podcast is going to be to give you a guideline, or actually a framework is a better word than a guideline, as to how to train when you don't have access to a gym. And this is transferable, transferable to pandemic time, non-pandemic time. A lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today is things that I've used when I've been on vacation and the hotel gym hasn't been that good. Or if there's a snowstorm and I can't make my way over to the local gym. These are things that you should be doing. These are things that we do even when I'm in a gym. All right, There's a lot of stuff that we do without weights when I'm inside of a gym. So before we begin the, the actual episode, I'm going to give my pandemic reminder for the coronavirus. Number one, wash your hands. Wash your hands and wash your hands with soap and water for a full 20 seconds. Number two, don't touch your face. I didn't realize until this happened how much I used to touch my face. I've been doing a really good job of not touching my face, but I'm, I'm observing people now, even though I'm socially distant, I'm observing them. Even in these times, people are continuing to touch their face. Number three, be socially distant. You know, even if you are in a crowd of less than 10 people, there is no reason for you to hover over somebody. Keep a good six feet apart from that person. And number four, I would say listening to health officials, government officials, I, I think it's good advice. Keep yourself away from people, away from the outdoors, away from crowded public places. Uh, even if you are being socially distant, even if there's too many people, I'd say it's still better off to just stay indoors as much as you possibly can and only leave your house when it's absolutely necessary. Okay, now I'm done with my public service announcement. Let's get into what most of you actually care about. But those things are important because if you're sick, you're not going to be able to do any of the stuff that I'm talking about right now. And also, I want to say, I don't think you should get yourself sick over not getting sick. You need to keep yourself in a situation where you are not stressed out, where your immune system is as strong as possible, Because you don't want to compromise your own health with something else, some other illness that isn't even the pandemic virus, right? It could be something else. You're getting yourself sick over it just because you're stressed, you're not sleeping, you're not doing your correct breathing, which just really is going to bring me to the first point of this. And if you remember the secrets of strength, there was a pyramid. So hopefully you remember that pyramid. And if you don't remember it or haven't listened to it, go back and listen to those episodes. It's all in season two. But what we're going to talk about in this podcast is training, but that is the fourth level of the pyramid. So all this other stuff is going to help with your immune system. It's going to help you stay healthy. I'm not saying it's going to fight off the coronavirus, but it might keep you healthy from something else, some other sickness that you're going to have. So again, breathe, 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 and do your breathing through your nose. That's the bottom of that pyramid. The second thing is sleep. Get eight hours of sleep, and if you miss sleep, make up that sleep debt. The next level up is nutrition. Eat healthy. I know right now people are stressed out. They want to go to family fruit and get some comfort food, right? They got all these sick pizzas and, I don't know, strombolis and meatballs and all this other stuff that I want to go in there and eat, but it's not the time to do that right now, okay? And then the fourth level is training. So 
let's get into the training. My other guideline for this is that a lot of body weight routines that I see mostly look like circuits and they're all about endurance, right? It's really becoming an endurance workout. I don't, the guys that I train, the people that I think are listening to this podcast, that's not really what you're about. So I'd say, let's think about this in a way where we can add one less stressor to our life because it is a stress to completely revamp your training program and try and take the framework that you have right now and fit having no gym into that, right? Don't have no gym and then change your whole workout program to fit it into you having no gym. Flip it on its head. Take the workout program that you have right now and now try to bring in no gym into that situation. And when I say no gym, I really just mean no equipment that you can actually lift with in a gym. A bench press, a squat rack, weights, barbells, that type of thing. Let's just assume that you have nothing of that. So let, let's, let's begin this conversation. And we're going to begin it with the framework, right? So let's begin it with the framework. Let's assume that you do have a gym. Here is my life right now. Three days a week I lift, two days a week I sprint, and that sixth day of the week I will do some form of strongman slash toughman slash endurance work, whatever you want to call it, and then the seventh day I rest. So what I want to do right now without having access to a gym is keep that same prescription. So let's forget about the gym part. That means two days a week I'm sprinting, so that shouldn't change. As long as they don't put us on uh, some sort of quarantine or what do they call it, a shelter in place where you're not allowed to leave your house for anything other than going to the store or to the doctor, well, then I'm going to continue to sprint two days a week. Now, what does my sprint program look like? For me, it's usually a series of 10 to 20-yard sprints. Really, as uh, Tony Holler says, trying to feed the cat, the cat being me, so it is not an endurance workout. It is a sprint, about 80 to 90% of my maximum velocity. And it's really just trying to get that speed and ex I'll say explosion, acceleration work in. But it is really not meant to be conditioning. Again, I'm not trying to outtrain my mouth. That third day, as long as we are again allowed to go outside, that would be things like prowler pushes, farmer's walks, uh, sled pulls, sled drags, things of that nature. So that is the outdoor work. Uh, that is stuff that we do anyway. I'm not going to cover that in this podcast but I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, I'm going running. All of a sudden, I'm going to go long distance running. Where did that come from? You know, if you're listening to Advanced Training's podcast, this is not something you do. You know, we're not long distance runners. We're not going to go jogging 12 miles. Now, if you're trying to do something else in your life, then go do it. What I'm saying, though, is don't change everything in your workout program because of this scenario. You got enough other stuff changing. So you want to minimize the amount of changes going into your life. Again, try and keep the same routines as much as possible as you can, especially when it comes to working out because you have enough other routines that are changing. You don't want to change everything in your life. Now let's get to the actual, let's call it a lift. There's a basic framework that we use, and I break it up into five parts. Part one is explosion. So imagine if you're in a gym, we do things like Olympic lifts or jumps. That would be our explosive point. Part two is going to be some form of a squat or a lunge. So imagine a back squat, a front squat, a Bulgarian split squat, a reverse lunge, a forward lunge, you get the point. Part number three would then be some form of a press, bench press, incline bench press, something to that extent. Part number four is some form of a hinge. For us, it's usually a, some form of a deadlift, a Romanian deadlift, uh, a regular traditional deadlift, a sumo deadlift, again, you get the point. And then part number five 
is a finisher. For us, it's usually a bodyweight finisher. So that fits in nicely to the remainder of this conversation. In each of those five points, or at least the first four, there is a B to the A. So if the A is explosion, there's a B. The B is either some sort of isolation work for your core, or should I say some just some core work, some stabilization work. And then for two, three, and four, that's the squat, the press, and the hinge. That is usually some form of non-weight-bearing prehab work. So again, if you're looking at this thing, 50% or more of our workout already is already doing stuff without weights. Boom. Okay, so now what do you do if your gym closes and you got nothing? You have no equipment. You got very little room in your house. Maybe you can go into your garage or your living room or something. What should you do? All right, so for me, what I would tell you to do is this. We're going to take that framework and we're going to fit body weight movements into that framework. So let's take it thing by thing. So before you start part number one with explosion, I would continue to do our body weight warm-up. I will send uh, links out to this. It's, it's all on the internet. It's there. It's on the website. You, you can do the body weight warm-up. That'll get your body primed. Then for explosive work, what should you do? You got no weights. I can't do a hand clean. That's okay. We don't need you to do a hand clean. You can do some form of a jump. You can do a squat jump. You can do continuous squat jumps. You can do a drop squat. We really just want you to do something that's going to allow you to explode. And what, again, what I'll try and do after this, or depending on how much, many people really care about this podcast, I can either develop an actual workout or I can just put, give you guys links to like where our jumps are on our website. Because on our website, we actually have exercise and the thing that says jumps. You go look under jumps and it's got Bulgarian, Bulgarian split squat jumps. It's got continuous squat jumps. It's got continue, continuous isometric split squat jumps. It's got a whole different different thing of jumps, or a whole different uh, repertoire of jumps. So you can do your jumps. I like to keep that low volume. So we're not going to do 80 jumps just because there is a coronavirus. What I like to do is like three sets of two jumps. We want each jump to be violent and explosive. Bang. Then the B to that, this is the way we like to do it, I like to do some form of an ab exercise. Now, given our scenario, let's keep things simple. We usually do like a side plank or a you know, a, a forward plank or any type of plank that you want, and you can hold it for 30 seconds. Very simple. And you can do two sets of 30 seconds. So you do your A, a jump, then do your plank. Do your next jump, do a plank. Do your next sets of jumps, and you're done. That's all part one. Now let's get to part two. Part two is some form of a squat or some form of a lunge. Now, for in this world, I don't recommend you doing 7,000 squats. Even if they're body weight squats, and just because you don't have weight, the problem is you're going to let today's workout room tomorrow. You're going to do so many body weight squats because you don't have weight that you're going to be unable to walk the next day. And if you're unable to walk the next day, your sprint session is going to stink. So what I would recommend is that you do your squats. Obviously, for people listening to this, a body weight squat is going to be super easy. So let's, let's take a, a left turn right now and talk about, well, how can I make that body weight squat harder. What can I do? And what we tell you right now, it's going to make other things for parts three and parts four. That's the press and the hinge harder. So this is going to set the stage for how to make all these body weight movements harder. Again, you got nothing. You have no equipment in your house. You, got, you can't afford anything. You're dead broke or whatever you ordered from Amazon is on delay. I don't know. It's not coming in. Okay, let's talk through it. So the first thing you start off, say, say you're a newbie. You just decide to listen to this podcast. We'll just do the body weight squat at a normal pace. I'd say 
If you do it, if, if, if it's challenging for you, do about eight reps. Don't make it any more than that. Just try and get the form in and get your body moving. Okay, now once you get that down, the next way to make it more challenging without adding weight is to just work slowly on the negative. So we call them eccentric bodyweight squats. So come up normally, come up out of the hole normally, but then go down, let's say, six to eight seconds. So that's, that would be the first step. Then the next thing you could do to make it harder, if it's not hard enough yet, is go down six to eight seconds and then pause at the bottom for five seconds and then come back up normally. Now, it sounds like nothing, but it will be challenging. I'd also say that while you're doing this, contract every part of your body. Really brace everything. So if I came up to you and tried to hit you with a baseball bat as you're doing this squat, you wouldn't move. Okay, what's the next progression of this? Well, you can do that body weight eccentric squat, but now I want you to pause three separate times on the way down. Pause three quarters of the way down, pause halfway down, pause at the bottom of that squat, at the base of that squat, and hold each one of those pauses for three to five seconds, and then come back up normally. And I would, again, I would not do more than eight reps because this, this could get brutal. Well, what's the next phase of this? How can we make this even harder? Well, you can go down eccentrically, six to eight seconds, hold that pause for about five seconds, and then come up slowly, six to eight seconds, work on the concentric portion. Well, how do I make that harder? Okay, then you can actually do eccentric, hold it at three separate spots, pause at the bottom, and then on the way up, the concentric portion, portion hold it at three separate spots. And then it, I wouldn't do that for more than five reps. But you're seeing we're making this more difficult by, one, adjusting the tempo, right? We're adjusting the tempo. And then, two, we are having what we call a mixed isometric hold, meaning that we are stopping and holding this movement at certain points. And usually those are our sticking points. You look, you got no weights. Beggars can't be choosers. So you're doing this with your body. And, yeah, it could get pretty brutal. Again, I'd recommend this overdoing uh, seven sets of 100 for the day and then not being able to walk the next day. Now, for your B, you have a choice for prehab work. You can do single leg movements and I, again, I can send a link with all, all any sort of prehab work, things that you can work on, ankle mobilization drills, uh, hip mobilization drills, whatever you want. That, that's, that's one option. The other option is that you could do, try and add like a speed movement in. So yeah, I went really slow with the bodyweight squats for the A portion. Now for B, I could do a, a set of three speed squats. I'm down up, down up, down up, right? Just really working the contrast of what I just did. Okay, so that would be part two. Part three would be presses. Now, you're kind of limited, right? For, for most people, let's talk about body bodyweight. Uh, I think most people, if you don't have a, anything in your house, right? You got nothing in there then you're going to be using the good old floor and your good old hands, and you're going to do push-ups. And you could do, first off, you can go through the same progression of push-ups that I just talked about, the same exact thing, normal pace, eccentric, eccentric with a pause. You can just go back and rewind what I said before, but all those same things could be done for push-ups. I'd also say that there's a hundred different variations of push-ups that you can do. You can do push-ups with your feet elevated on a bench. You can do push-ups with your hands in different positions. You can do push-ups on one legs, on one leg. You can do push-ups with your hand on a, a basketball. 
I don't care. They're all different types of push-ups that you can do. Add them in if you get bored, but it would be your press. And then your B, again, could either be some sort of prehab movement for, to help with uh, maybe shoulder mobility or stabilization in your upper, sorry, shoulder st- stabilization in the joint or mobilization in your upper middle back. We like to do scap push-ups, uh, half kneeling, thread the needle, things of that nature. Again, this is all on the website. I could send you that link. So that could be either that could either that could be your B, or the other B could be to add in an explosive movement of push-ups, like a push-off, like throwing yourself off the ground in the push-up position, doing sets of three. So for push-ups, I'd say get normally with people. If they're doing too many bodyweight squats, they can't walk. If there's, you're never going to really get to that point with push-ups where you can't move your arms the next day. But I'd say rep it out in whatever fashion you want in terms of normal or eccentrics or the pauses. But rep it out to a point where you're leaving one or two in the tank. I wouldn't recommend in this part three, again, to max out on push-ups. So part three shouldn't be, we're going to do three sets of 50 push-ups. That's not, that's not the time for this. I would say keep it at three sets. And if you're doing those eccentrics, it should be around somewhere between 10 and 12 push-ups, depending on how insanely strong you are and how much endurance you have. Okay, part four would be the hinge. Now, this is a little rough without anything. So what I'd say is that there's a, <laughs> there's a, a bunch of things that you can do with respect to. First of all, you can absolutely do good mornings. Uh, you can do RDLs with your hands at your side. And you could work on it the way I just explained. It may be a little easy to do it. Uh, it may be super easy, but yeah, you can work on the eccentric. You can O-com it. You can brace. That's one variation. The other thing is you can do hip extensions or single leg hip extensions. I know Joe DeFranco had a couple of good videos on things that you could do as well. Uh, you know, glute bridges, anything of that nature, but just to get that pop in your hips. And I, again, I wouldn't do a thousand repetitions of this stuff. I would just do it, do it the way you would normally do it, uh, like maybe in our world, which would be five to eight reps, and just try and add as much tension and mess with the tempo, the tension, and the time, right? That's what you want to mess with to make this thing harder without weight. And then your B, that again would be, uh, you can pop, you can do some, you know, really explosive glute bridges or hip extensions, or you can do prehab work. Uh, again, just to activate those glutes. And again, I have all those exercises online. The fifth thing, it's the finisher. This is where you want to end. So this is where you want to end off your workout and leave like you feel like you killed something. So this is where I'd say, okay, you're going to do push-ups as a finisher. You already did push-ups before. Fine, do push-ups again and do as many push-ups as you can get, maybe two sets of max. Or if you want to keep it super interesting, give yourself some sort of internal competition. Give yourself a time frame. All right, I'm going to set the clock for three minutes. How many push-ups can I get in three minutes? Go. Bang. Or set the clock and say, I'm getting a total of 200 push-ups. How long does it take me to do that? Right? So that's the finisher that you're going to want. You're going to want to finish this thing. That's part five of this workout. And you're going to want to leave the workout feeling like you killed something. You don't want to do the whole workout like that because, again, you won't be able to work work out the next day you're going to let today ruin tomorrow but if you just do it as your finisher and you make it a little competitive you versus you it's still going to keep that drive going it's going to be the last thing you remember when you walk out of that well your gym that's not your gym it's the last thing you remember when you walk out of your garage or your living room and it's going to make you feel this pump this surge and like you got something done okay so that's the framework for if you have absolutely 
no equipment, and you're working out with your body. So now let's get to the part where you talk about if you do get stuff, you could get something that can add resistance. So what I would recommend that you do, this, but, you know, this is cheap, this is effective, and you can use it after we're off of this, uh, this quarantine or shelter in place or whatever it actually is right now. I don't even know what to call it. All right, where gyms open back up. You can do it in your garage if there's a snowstorm. So things that I would get. I would go to Elite FTS. That's EliteFTS.com. I would go to their band section, and I would get three bands. You can get the the average. I think there's one that's light. Get the light, get the pro, and get the strong. All right? Those are the three you want to get because what those bands are going to do, you get those bands, and now let's just take, for example, you go back to that framework. This is why this is so important. You get a band and you go to part two with your squats, you can do all of those same types of squats that we talked about and just wrap a band around your neck. Wrap the band around your neck, put the other end underneath your feet, and now you have accommodating resistance. And now as you go up, the higher you go up, the more that band is going to pull back down, and now that workout just got a little tougher. And if you get three of those bands in those different ranges, now it's going to be... You can actually use two bands at the same time. I've been to gyms where I've had all three bands wrapped around my neck. Okay? So get those bands. You can add it to your squat. You can obviously do the same thing with the hinge, the same as I think. Put the band around your neck. Put the other part of the band around your feet. And now, boom, you have accommodating resistance as you're doing your RDLs or your good mornings. Or if you're doing your push-ups, you can wrap the band behind your back, and now you can do a band-resisted push-up. So now the three things that you already had, parts two, parts three, parts four, you've just amplified the effects by adding a band which not only gives you a resistance, it gives you accommodating resistance, and it makes the workout that much more intense. I'd also say that in part one, when you're looking at explosion, you can use that band to do like uh, band hip hops, or you can also use it as part of your core work. So now instead of just doing a plank, I can do a plank by and holding a band with resistance, or I can do a plank with a plank row. Now I'm getting rows into this, this process, because before I was just doing presses, now I got some form of a row, or I can wrap that band around something. I don't know what, around what, but maybe you can do rows on, on your own with the bands as some sort of a finisher. The other thing I'd say where these bands come in, in really handy are for your finishers. Because now before, if you had nothing, and I'm assuming your house doesn't have a pull-up uh, bar or a dip machine or anything like that, right? A little dip rack. that you, The only thing you could have possibly done was push-ups. Well, now that you have these bands, this is where you could start to do other stuff. So here's some other ideas for bands. And again, you can do them all in the same framework that I said before. Where you can do it for total reps. You can do it for total reps, uh, like two sets of max, and leave one or two in the tank. You can do it for, I'm going to set the clock for three minutes, and how many can I get in three minutes? Or you say, I'm going to get uh, 500, sorry, 300 reps. 500 is way too much. Maybe 300 is way too much. Maybe it's 200. I'm going to get 200 reps. How long is it going to take me? So here's the things you can do with the bands. You can do overhead presses. You can do tricep extensions. You can do curls. I mean, there's a million things you can do, but those are, those are pretty good staples to get you through. And also, obviously, if you wanted to do it, you can add all of that eccentric, those pauses to it as well. But trust me, I think you're going to have enough of those pauses and things in the, the parts two, three, and four of the framework. So for that finisher, I would really just work on volume, get that pump, and now you have that band. The other thing that I would recommend, and this is cheap, and you can go do it 
right now. I think right now people can still go out and go shopping and go to Home Depot. Go to Home Depot, buy two of those buckets, those those little those orange buckets, the ones we carry out to lifting every single day when we go to do our Tough Man competition. Grab those buckets and fill it, I'd say, either with sand or rocks. Probably sand. Sand's probably a little cheaper. You dump it in there, and now you got, uh, I'm telling you, I don't know what those buckets are supposed to hold safely. But every day, our group, we're carrying at least 50 pounds in that bucket. Uh, maybe that handles a, it's, I don't know, it's pretty close to snapping. But you can get about 50 pounds in the bucket. Now, if you put 50 pounds in that bucket, first of all, if you have one bucket, that makes a nice addition. You can actually do some form of a, let's say, a goblet squat holding that bucket with sand in it. Now, if you have the bucket and a band, now you can do the goblet squat holding that bucket with the accommodating resistance with a band. Now you're pretty good. Now you're pretty good. Now, if you have two buckets, now instead of just doing a band RDL, you can do an RDL with buckets in your hand. Or you can do it with a bucket in one hand and kind of make it like a chaos uh, movement where you have one bucket. So these are all great options to use or, or things to do with all four, sorry, three of, of parts two, three, and four for your squat, your presses, and your hinge. And I think that they're relatively cheap. Those bands are not that expensive. I think you're probably looking in the range of like, I don't know, somewhere of, of let's say about $60 for all the things I just mentioned. Now, man, I don't have that kind of money. Well, I think most people would be spending $60 on a couple of drinks at a bar on a Friday night. So now the fact that we're not allowed to go to bars, take that 60 bucks, go invest it in this stuff, and you're going to have it for the rest of your life. The bands I've had, except for the one that snapped around Joe Sarno's neck after we tried something crazy with the Prowler one day, aside from that, all of my bands have been around since day one. Those buckets, they're two bucks. The sand, if you don't want to go buy sand, go dig a hole somewhere in your backyard and dump the dirt in there. I don't care. But you're going to have this stuff for the rest of your life. The other thing that I'd recommend, and look, if, if <laughs> this might be a little bit more expensive, this is probably if you're going to get a decent sandbag, it's probably in the $80 to $100 range. I'd recommend getting a sandbag because if you get a sandbag, now you don't have to worry about the, the dirt spilling out of your bucket. Uh, you can do everything with it. You can clean with it. You can do front squats with it. You can do RDLs with it. You can do every single workout we just talked about with that sandbag, and it's a heck of a lot more versatile. Because you can do it, let's say it's just a squat. Let's take the simplest example. You can do it with the, the bag on your shoulder. You can do it holding the bag over your head like an overhead squat. You can do it uh, in a bear carry. You can do it in a zercher carry. Whatever you want to do, you can do it with that sandbag. It's a little more expensive, but it's absolutely worth getting. Again, if you can have it for the rest of your life. This is not just for this short time period. Okay. Uh, Oh, one thing I forgot to say with finishers. I know we talked about a, a few of those options. Another one that I like is a ladder. So it's a ladder drill. We talked about this with pull-ups. So uh, let's just say that you do uh, one push-up. Then you wait 30 seconds. Then you do two push-ups. Then you wait 30 seconds. Then you do three push-ups. Just keep building that ladder up. And whatever workout is that you think that you have. I don't, I don't care what it is as your finisher. Now, if it's super simple, say you can, you can rock 50 push-ups, I wouldn't start with one push-up. I might start with like... 10 push-ups or maybe 20 push-ups and then instead of adding by one, add by five. Completely up to you, but I forgot to add that as part of the finisher. So, uh, so with that, I think that gives you a really good repertoire, a really good framework of what to do if your gym is closed and how you should work out. Again, I want to reiterate, a lot of guys have been talking about things that they're going to do and most of it sounds like this high endurance, you know, 
1980s aerobic fitness class workout. I don't think that's who you are. Again, I'm going to say it. You have enough change in your life. Don't completely change your workout to fit the situation. Let the situation fit your workout. Hopefully that makes sense. You have enough change. Keep the routine in your workout as much as possible. The other thing that I would say is, and I don't know how this would work out depending on where we're allowed to go or not allowed to go, but if you're at a park, a legit park, I would say those times you're doing your sprints, and if you have access, I know uh, Bloomingdale Park along the outer edges has places where you can do inverted rows. That's a great place to get just bang out a couple of sets there. Or if you go where there's monkey bars, bang out some pull-ups, chin-ups, next grip pull-ups. That's a great opportunity to do it there. I wouldn't say to go do your workout and hop in your car, drive to the park, and then go add those things in as finishers. That's just silly, but maybe you add it to your sprint days. The last thing that I'll say that I'll leave you with, and if you really want to have a, a nightmare of a day or an hour or whatever, grab one of those buckets with sand in it and just go for a walk. We call it the walk of pain. And see how long you can hand, hang with it in one hand and then maybe switch it over to the other hand. I would definitely tell you, don't bring both buckets because you're going to end up leaving one in the woods somewhere or wherever you're walking. Just bring one of those buckets. If you get a sandbag, same deal. It's a really good uh, good thing to do. It, we, we call it active recovery while working out, but it's anything but. You know, it starts off feeling cool, and then 10 seconds later, the, the bag is digging into your, your spine, and you're wishing you could just drop this thing on the floor. All right, people, if you really are interested in this and you think it's worth your time and mine, then let me know. And I will put a program online. I'll write this stuff up with reps. I'll give you a couple of weeks uh, of a program so you can progress over each week and you can compete against yourself. I'll, I'll even put links up to videos. If you don't care, well, then don't tell me, but I, I won't waste my time or yours. All right, but if you do care, I will absolutely put this stuff up and I'll make a nice pretty program with links to videos that we have. I'll even think about uh, making some new videos for you. All right, thank you. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Stay socially distant. Bye.